Welcome to the Grant Writing and Funding Podcast, where it's all about, you guessed it, grant writing and funding made easy so you can increase capacity, grow funding, and advance your nonprofit or freelance mission. Now, let's hand it over to your host, grants expert and author Holly Rustic, so you can increase your funding and drive impact. Hello, it's Holly Rustic here with Grant Writing and Funding, and welcome to the Grant Writing and Funding Podcast Show. All right, guys, so as we are into September, there is a lot going on, as usual. Um, but for all of your grant writing needs, or if you're looking at becoming a freelance grant writer um, and you want some more resources, please do jump over to grantwritingandfunding.com, where we have tons of free resources, but we also have courses, on-demand courses um, for you to learn and fast track through how to become a grant writer, all of the templates, all of the things, as well as how to start your own business. So we have dozens and dozens and dozens of people who have finished um, these courses and they love them. For example, one of my course students said, this course gave me the confidence I needed to start offering my consulting and grant writing services to potential clients. Holly teaches you how to build a freelance business that aligns with your own goals and values while also meeting the needs of clients and gives you frameworks and specific tools to help you plan your business. I would highly recommend this course to anyone who wants to earn money while helping nonprofits. Thank you, thank you so much. I love all of these testimonials that we have. So if you wanna check out more testimonials on the different courses that I do offer, please once again, go to grantwritingandfunding.com. All right, on a celebratory note, um, just found out that Grant Writing and Funding helps another nonprofit receive more than $240,000 in a federal contract award. Um, very, very cool. This one is specifically to do uh, different types of marine science work on a military facility. Very, very cool, right? So if you are near military areas, U.S. federal ones, of course, U.S. military areas, um, and can bid on federal contracts, yes, you can as a nonprofit. So oftentimes, um, you know, uh, different military contracts are also looking for uh, nonprofits to secure contracts, right? They do want to diversify with more um, different types of vendors and nonprofits can meet that need. So very, very cool guys. So um, different ideas and I just wanna um, also just give a shout out for that as we're really excited to get that contract. All right guys, uh, for our nonprofit client. All right, so we're gonna go ahead and talk about something very, very cool today. We're actually talking about several things and just as an FYI, this specific podcast does go a little bit long. It's a little over an hour, but hang out. The talk was so engaging that it just, it you're gonna love it. Invest your time today and you are definitely gonna get multiple returns um, back to you because Miss Amy and Mr. Scott Malin um, give out a ton of free information on how you as a nonprofit can really do a lot better and just optimize your fundraising strategies. Woo, it's so good. And also they talk about different types of value-based pricing for freelancers as well. So there's something for 
everybody in this specific podcast. So who do I have on the show today? Well, I have Amy and Scott Mallon. They are Hollywood's social impact experts. And we are going to be talking about three main things today, but oh man, it gets juicy. Um, But basically, they are amazing. They've been doing work for two decades in Hollywood, in philanthropy, and they team up with celebrities and purpose-driven brands for great causes. So hang out because we're first going to talk about Amy's background, and it is really powerful. This girl, um, she has suffered a trauma and abuse, um, been homeless a couple of times, and has really transitioned her pain into helping other people and making a positive impact. It is really powerful. And then we're also going to talk about then leveraging the power of celebrity to fundraise for your nonprofit. So that is what they do. They really work with nonprofits on how to better position your um, brand. So you can also look at if you have a celebrity coming on to represent and be an ambassador of your nonprofit's brand to find the best fit and how to do that, how to approach them, how to get through gatekeepers, all of that, and what the impact that can have for your nonprofit. All right, so we're really going to delve into that. And then we're going to talk more about True Heart, which is a social impact search engine. Very, very cool. So you definitely want to hear about that. It just blew my mind and I love it. And I actually have a little way on how you can put it on your browser on grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 186. So you definitely want to check out the show notes for that. And then we're going to go ahead and dive into um, value-based pricing. So this, like I said, this has something for everyone and you're definitely going to want to get the popcorn out and stay tuned um, for this. You can also watch the YouTube uh, video if you prefer or if you just love the podcast, hang out here. All right, guys. So once again, if you want to get all the links that we talk about today, including my little tutorial video, um, go ahead and jump over to grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 186. All right, guys. I hope you enjoy today's show. Hello, hello, hello. It's Holly Rustic here with Grant Writing and Funding. And I'm so excited for today's episode. I have two amazing guests on the show today. It's totally fun. Married couple. This is a lot of fun that we have going on today. Both entrepreneurs for more than 20 years and very much into the social cause industry. So if you don't know what that means, we're definitely going to break it down for you today. So I have Miss Amy and Scott Mallon on the call today. And welcome to the podcast, you guys. Thank you. Thank you for having us, Holly. We're happy to be here with you and have a fun and inspiring chat. Yay. I'm so excited to have you guys on. So you guys are calling all the way in from LA. And of course, I'm here on Guam. So it's a nice connection, you know, go across the sea. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And you said two amazing people. I think it's one amazing and one like above mediocre, but I'll let you figure (laughs) out. I'll let you figure out who that is. Although which one is which? <laughs> well, if you don't it want to get talking long. about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> We're married, so we know which one's That's amazing. Right. <laughs> I love that so much. So yeah, yeah, you guys are on the show and you're talking a lot about um, you know, social and cause impact. You guys have some really fun tech we're going to talk about today. So before you listeners or viewers out there kind of tune out hearing the word tech, no, this is easy. It's easy to implement and it's going to be amazing to see the ripple effect of what a certain kind of browser could do um, for the for the causes in the world that are positive. So I love that you guys are using something very simple. And yes, I'm being very sneaky about not mentioning exactly what it is. 
because you guys are going to hear about it. You guys are going to talk about it. Um, but we're also going to talk about how you nonprofits or uh, freelance uh, freelancers out there can connect your causes with celebrities because that's what you folks have been doing for more than 20 years, right? You guys have been out there and working with celebrities, actually being able to have um, social impact um, kind of experts, right? That's your title, your social impact experts, which I love that. So we're definitely gonna talk about that. So I know that just uh, kind of tweaked to pe some people's ears out there to hear, how can I get my cause in the, in the eyes and the ears of different celebrities? Because we know, yes, they are influencers, right? They have a platform that is invaluable for many different- Absolutely. Numbers. Yeah. So, and then we're also going to talk a little bit about, you know, how you guys work with nonprofits and also how freelancers, because I really want to ask before in the green room, I was like, hey, can you guys touch on this as far as looking at how people should actually price as well, right? So whether you're a nonprofit and you have different um, companies coming to you to help assist you with different needs in your nonprofit, like should you be asking pro bono or should you really um, look at the different pricing and see what values in it? And then of course, as a freelancer, how to know what your value is and what to charge, right? Because you still have to put food on the table. Table. So you guys are going to be talking about all kinds of stuff. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, we, we love these topics. Yeah. Yeah. So before we get started, I just want to go ahead and I'm actually going to read your guys' bio because I, I was really impressed with it. And I want you guys as listeners and viewers out there to know who Scott and Amy Mellon are. So let's go ahead a little bit behind the scenes. And you guys have been doing this for two decades. So social entrepreneur Amy Mellon has worked at the intersection of Hollywood and philanthropy, like we were just talking about. Over 10 years ago, Amy's husband, Scott. Hi, Scott. Hello. <laughs> He became her business partner at their True Heart Cause Agency. Together as Hollywood social impact experts, they have connected celebrities and purpose-driven brands with deserving nonprofits to raise millions of dollars. All right, so ears tweaked again, guys. Um, these are raised for their noble, noble causes while creating global media campaigns that shine a spotlight on your guys' wonderful work and the work that nonprofits do. Amy and Scott are also the co-founders of True, True Heart Social Impact Search Engine, and that's the one we're going to talk about today. So I'm not going to read too much more into that because we're going to talk about that. But um, Amy is also a survivor of domestic violence, sexual assault, and human trafficking. Um, and Amy never believed anyone or anything to break her spirit. And we talked about that a little bit in the green room again before we started. And I just saw that. So, um, you know, I just really honor you for also talking about that and just being honest from where you came from. So thank you so much um, for that. Um, and of course, yeah, you believe in helping the world's problems, right? And that is part of what you guys do through True Heart Social Impact search engine and through your company as social entrepreneurs, right? So definitely you guys have been featured on Extra, ET, MTV, ABC News, ABC News Radio, the Wall Street Journal, and a ton more, including now the Grant Writing and Funding Podcast. So yes, welcome again. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for having me. Us. Yeah, yeah really, excited. really happy to be here and, and speaking with somebody else who uses her time and talents to make a difference in the world. That's one of our biggest passion points. Thank you. Yes, yes. So, um, you know, as we talked about, like, let's go ahead and um, dig in then with kind of the background. I want to kind of talk about that story, kind of where we left off in your bio, you know, where you came from, Amy, because as we noted, you started the company first. Yes, women-owned business, <laughs> and your husband right. came in to help out. <laughs> Love it. Right. So, yeah, like, how did you go from where you were to where you are now? If you could talk yeah. about Yeah. 
Um, I, I really think if I had theme words for my life, it would be love and service. Mm -hmm. And these were really important lessons that I started learning as a young child. I watched my Nima, who was my grandma who raised me, um, give all of her time and talent and energy to lots of amazing causes. She was not a professional fundraiser, but she just always liked helping people and had a big heart. So I saw her dial for donations, you know, produce these fashion shows for charity, get silent and live auction items, and just like hustle around town to always make things happen. And I didn't realize it as a child, but because she was the most important person in my life, I was soaking up all of this inspiration and I wanted to be like Nima. And it really came full circle for me about two years ago when I was giving a keynote address on the power of gaming for good. And I was talking about my grandma's influence on my life and standing on that stage, it was like this watershed moment where I realized, oh my gosh, it's all come full circle the entire time it was meant to be that she was inspiring me to like step into my purpose. Mm -hmm. And I was watching her and saying, oh, this is the way to live your life, to be selfless and to care about other people and to always answer the call for help. Um, I didn't know though, at the time when I was a little kid watching all of this, you know, good work and philanthropy going on that years later, I would end up in a position where I needed help. And there were so many times in my life where I didn't think that I would live to see another day, but I made a promise to myself that if I did, I would dedicate my life to giving back and to helping others. And so, you know, surviving domestic violence and sexual assault and being trafficked as a young woman, you go through these experiences where you think nothing else can be as bad as what is happening in this moment. It seems like there is no way to come through the other side. Like this is, this is it. And how will I survive this? And I always in the toughest moments thought of the love that my Nima gave me. She was always in my head and in my heart. And I thought that I, I have to live to do something amazing with my life. And if I was able to survive these situations, I would use my pain as a powerful way to help other people. And through those experiences of fleeing interpersonal violence, I was homeless at two points in my life. And the crazy thing that I realize now as a spiritually curious person is I think that that was really no accident. It was almost a, a divine kind of experience that was meant to happen for me because as a child, I was very fascinated with um, the plight of the homeless people where I grew up in South Florida, in Miami and Fort Lauderdale. And I did a lot of fundraising as a child um, for homeless people in my community. And I ended up uh, producing a documentary when I was in high school, where I spent two years with a video camera following homeless people in my community and shadowing them and sharing their inspiring stories. And so I felt this really strong affinity towards them. And I wanted to show that we're all human and everyone is just like one paycheck away from this bad experience potentially happening. And we shouldn't treat people like they're less than. We should look at everybody who's in need of help and offer them that hand up and just see each other as humans with this awesome, beautiful responsibility to help whenever we can. And then fast forward to a few years later, when I find myself being homeless, I had the most amazing experience of benefiting from the kindness of strangers, 
There were people I met when I had to literally escape in order to survive to New York from Miami. I knew nobody. I had no place to live. I moved with $400 and three suitcases. And I just met people like literally on the streets of New York or on the subway and people gave me a couch to sleep on, you know, or a floor to sleep on with some sheets. Mm-hmm. And people bought me a meal when I had nothing and couldn't afford food to eat. And it's the reason why to this day that our family always pays forward our blessings mm-hmm. whenever we can, you know, we buy someone we meet on the street a meal or we get them a gift card to the grocery store. I feel this beautiful and awesome responsibility to help whenever I can. Mm -hmm. And I think I had to go through that experience for it kind of to all come full circle for me to realize that one of my reasons for being here, aside from meeting my amazing husband, Scott, and being a mama to our two beautiful children, but was to use the talent that I have to connect people, to rally around great causes, to make a difference. And so if I can share a little bit of my story and someone hears that and they connect with it and they realize that, you know, everyone's got some trauma or tragedy or pain in their life, but we don't have to let our past ruin our present or affect our future. There are ways to walk through that fire and come out on the other side as a survivor and someone who's strong, but still has this heart full of love. Mm -hmm. Then that to me is a beautiful gift that I can give other people. And I'm just grateful to be in the position now where Scott and I can do this work, doing a little bit of good every day, and we can inspire other people to join us and see this ripple effect of positivity happen. That's that's an amazing story. Thank you so much for sharing that. I mean, just, you know, having the empathy, right, when you have walked through that and just to see that you know, even if you've gone through something so painful and negative in the past, there is ways to change it around. And you guys are a true testimony of that, especially you, right, Amy, from that story. And um, I just want to be able to really put that out there. So thank you for sharing that because a lot of people might've just given up, right. And said, forget it. The world sucks. There's no, why try, you know, um, but you've really turned it around in our legacy now that, you know, it shows that. The thing that's so shocking like for me, like I grew up in the Valley and, you know, make your own stereotypical assumptions about that. And that'll probably be true, but I didn't really come into contact with people who had had that kind of trauma. I didn't have that kind of trauma growing up. You know, my life is pretty, you know, quote normal. Mm-hmm. And the thing that's amazed me so much about what Amy does when she talks to people, cause she has so much empathy and, um, compassion and she's just so like in tune with people's kind of energy when she talks to them she can tell when something's going on and it's just amazing to me how many people because because she's so open about it that other people kind of open up to her and say you know I, I actually had something in my past and it's like you wouldn't even you would never know like so many people have gone through so much trauma and so Amy's whole I think one of her main purposes in life is to just be an inspiring example to people and tell people, you know, it's okay. Like, cause Amy won't say it, but she's just a, a badass and she's just like a pit bull <laughs> and that. just, you know, it's like, I dare you to say no to her. And you know, it, it's, it comes from that place of just being a survivor. You know, she just, you know, been through so much and she took that all those experiences and it just made her strong. And so it's like for people out there who've been through trauma, like just to, to know that like, 
you can you can get through it and you can turn it into something good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think that's amazing. And, and even hearing the story of so many nonprofits, that's why a lot of nonprofits start, right? It's because something happened to their family or their friends or themselves, and now they want to make a change, right? They see there's a gap, there's a need. So I think a lot of people can, can relate to that. And I mean, even here on the island of Guam, um, we have a human trafficking task force, right? And I've been a part of that and written research papers on human trafficking. And a lot of people don't want to talk about that. It's kind of like this hushed thing that, oh, those girls really want it. Like I've heard that from top administrators. Like it's just, it's BS, right? Yeah. And it's, so like having to change the narrative so they can see what's actually happening, right? They can see. And then when they start doing more research and pulling back curtains, it's like, oh, actually these massage parlors are running these, you know, these types of brothels. This is actually happening even here, right? As a military yeah. outpost, high tourism, there is a lot of it underground. So it's just kind of coming to light. We've written um, different papers and had different, um, you know, there's been cases now that have gone through the courts. Um, so unfortunately, sometimes they they have they've prosecuted as other not human trafficking, even though there is, but they have to prosecute in different ways so they can at least prosecute, right? So um, so it's like with um, fraud and that that sort of thing, right? So it's easier to prosecute on different levels, but then that kind of undermines what's actually going on. And, you know, the kind of seeing, okay, this is actually happening and we need to do something about it. So I really appreciate that you talk about that as a survivor, not a victim, a survivor. I also like changing the, the word on that, right? And really having some good conversations about, look, we need to really see what's going on. And more people than you know, probably, like you said, Scott, have experienced trauma, maybe that, not that type of trauma, but probably a lot more than you think have experienced that type of trauma and other types of trauma, right? So um, I think especially women are starting to be a little more brave and come forward and see that there's compassionate people that will actually listen to them and not shame them and starting to share that story. So- Yeah, I mean, these people are cockroaches and they thrive in the dark. You know, yeah. when you shine light on it, you know, they scurry back into their, you yeah. know, their holes and that's where they belong, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's all about talking about it, being transparent and it takes, guts, you know, it takes a lot of courage, but that's how you stop these, you know, these predators. Mm -hmm. Thank you for the work, Holly, that you've been doing um, in Guam on the task force. It's really important to create awareness. Um, a few years back, I did this salon that I co-hosted with a special advisor to the United Nations on human trafficking. Um, her name is Ronnie Trong, and she has an incredible uh, story of survival. And, you know, this event took place in Beverly Hills, California, and, you know, Ronnie and I were reminding we had about 500 guests there from the entertainment industry and friends in the media that literally within blocks of where our salon was taking place, there were people that were being trafficked. And so I think there's a disconnect that people don't understand that in every community around the world, this is going on. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times people say to me, I don't understand how can this happen? And you know, there's education that needs to take place. And I'll say, listen, if someone is threatening your personal safety or the safety of people you love, you will do anything to stay alive or keep your family alive. So, you know, things are going on under the threat of violence. 
And a lot of people that are being, you know, trafficked to other countries who literally know nobody, they have no resources, there's no way out. Like, what are you going to do, especially if you're a child? And, you know, people need to understand that, as Scott was saying, shining a light on this issue and calling out the predators and making it impossible for these despicable situations to exist is the only way to eradicate this problem. It's also um, recognizing the supply chain in a lot of the products that we buy where there's forced labor practices going on and investigating, are these companies that we should be supporting? Like what is going on behind the scenes here? You don't wanna be giving your money to companies that are literally enslaving children and adults um, and and bankrolling human trafficking. And we can't use the excuse that we don't know better anymore. I think in 2021, we have to be intentional and conscious in all aspects of our lives. So, you know, being a conscious consumer and saying it's not just about, you know, reading a label for the product that we're buying or checking out what the price is for this product, but understanding how is this product that I'm purchasing being made Is it sustainable? Is it ethical? Are the people producing the product being harmed in this chain of labor that's taking place? Because we have an ability to make change with our purchasing power. And if you shut down companies that are a part of these shady, evil, violent practices, and you stop buying their products, you are voting with your wallet. And there's power in that. So I want people listening to know that, you know, if you hear of something going on in your community, there are ways to spot the red flags and warning signs, alert your local law enforcement. And when you see it, you have to speak up because I know from being there personally, there is not much that the children and the women and men in these situations who are being trafficked can do to help themselves. So we need allies to prevent this from happening. And There's over 27 million people enslaved in the world today. It's a statistic that when you talk about it, blows people's mind. But you need to be aware that this is going on in every community. I mean, from the wealthiest to the poorest around the world. And I just pray that in our children's lifetime, this is a problem that could be eradicated because every human being deserves to have a safe and happy, beautiful life. They don't deserve to be someone's property. They don't deserve to be enslaved or living under the threat of violence. We, we all deserve to be able to live for ourselves and, and make our own decisions. Um, and so that's just my, my kind of hope and prayer. I love that. You know, if you see something, say something like, you know, and that's kind of a motto that we've been putting around here too and aligning with, if you say something, say something, you know, call your authorities, right? Have the numbers available. Um, and don't be, you know, well, well, maybe it's not that way. So I shouldn't call. No, call anyways. Like it's better to be wrong, you know, and then to, and to actually say something than to be right and to be silent. Right. So I think that's so important. Like we need to. So, yeah. So as we kind of circle back into um, the non Nonprofits. Of course, there's a lot of nonprofits um, too. If you're a nonprofit out there and your cause and mission is to support um, and prevent um, violence against women or violence against humans, right? Human trafficking, et cetera. 
good work. And there's always, there's always need for it, as we can see. Um, but of course, if you are also a nonprofit with other, in other areas, um, as many of you are, definitely this is something you can align with too, right? Some of your values on what you uphold. Um, and as we kind of like uh, kind of transition out into a more looking at connecting now nonprofits with the, these different causes, right? And with different types of celebrities or um, other types of ways to build monies. I like how, you know, just the segue, I guess, would be kind of what you talked about, like your money is your vote, it's your power, right? So as we move forward, yes. And, you know, as we see, um, let's see, uh, is it the new generation, millennials, right? Um, the new generations coming up, they are doing that. They are researching more before they buy. We are seeing definite trends in that, but it doesn't mean all us Gen Xers and right, baby boomers can't do the same, right? Um, I think it had been a trend more back maybe in the 70s, but now there's more information about it and it's really come back full circle, especially many of us are shopping online, right? Even if you're buying local, you can shop online through your local um, um, industries. So you, and they are being more transparent then. How are their products being made, right? What are their resources, et cetera? And that's the same for nonprofits. I think nonprofits need to uphold those same values where, and the many of them do, where their monies are going, right? Who they're serving, how they're impacting the world, et cetera, with their transparency. So as we kind of go into that, then with nonprofits looking then for different ways to get more eyes on their nonprofit, like, can you guys kind of talk about that with all of your experience with um, the world of celebrities? Well, the first thing I'll say is just to go to your point, which is one of the first things we always tell nonprofits that we work with, mm -hmm. Amy kind of coined this phrase, uh, the transparency of giving. And the idea being that, um, you show people exactly where the money is going. I think yeah. people in general, whether it's, you know, if you're trying to engage a celebrity or whether you're trying to raise donations, what people are typically turned off by now is these kinds of general funds where, mm -hmm. you know, the money kind of goes in and I don't know where the money's going. I don't know how much money is getting into on, on the ground. You know, how much of it is staying in a bureaucracy, you know, in a kind of a bureaucratic administration, how much of this money, if I give a dollar, how many cents are going to where it's supposed to go? And more, even just as important, uh, what is it going to? So the first thing I'd say, I know Amy will speak to this, you know, better than me as usual, but um, in essence, like the thing that I really glom onto, if I'm going to donate to a charity, or if I'm going to engage with a celebrity, uh, with a charity, I just want to see the faces and the the ways in which lives are being changed. If it's um, environmental nonprofit, what are you doing specifically, not generally? And the more you can show that, the more you can create an emotional connection with people through your website or through uh, your social channels, where you can show the faces of the of the lives that are being changed, mm -hmm. so that you create an emotional connection. Um, that's the first, to me, the most important thing that, and the easiest thing you can do, because I'm sure, you know, when you're not a nonprofit, you're doing great work. You got to really show it and display it and not be afraid to kind of humble brag about like what you're getting done and showing those stories because they emotionally connect with people. And that's the first key. 
Yeah, absolutely. To echo Scott's point, um, with our principle of the transparency of giving, we always show where every dollar goes to make a difference. Mm -hmm. And that's been really important in our work with our celebrity ambassadors, because they have a brand that they've built. And so they want to align with nonprofits who are able to say, this is the measured impact that we've created by coming together with this campaign. So rather than raise funds for a general fund, we fundraise for what we call funded dream projects. So they're very specific outcomes, um, whether that's providing uh, ventilators for the NICU at our local children's hospital, planting 150,000 trees in the Amazon rainforest to fight the devastating wildfires there, um, or per paying for a meal program to sustain thousands of families living in poverty during the COVID pandemic. These are very specific, measurable impacts that are happening because of all the people that came together in the campaign. And so we always show our community these beautiful impact videos that we produce. So as Scott mentioned, you get to see the stories of the lives that were changed or transformed by being a part of this campaign. And it makes it so much easier when we go back and we ask people to support campaign two, three, or four, because they feel good about knowing that whether they gave a dollar, $5, or $5,000, it actually made a difference. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we found that that's a really important part of the, you know, secret to the success with these campaigns. When it comes to reaching out to engage a celebrity, I think the thing that nonprofits have to take into consideration is these folks are getting sometimes dozens to hundreds of asks on a weekly basis. And they have a, an entire team of people whose job is to vet their opportunities. Mm -hmm. And the priority for these teams that work for them is to vet opportunities that bring money in to their client's career. You know, so are they going on a new tour for their album? Are they booking a new comedy, you know, project, a new film or television project? Do they have an endorsement deal as an athlete? These are all things that the team spends time on because, you know, the star and the team are all making money together. Mm -hmm. So if they're going to donate their time and energy and resources to help support a nonprofit, they're going to be very particular to make sure that they align with the correct cause mm -hmm. um, because there's so much at stake for them as the brand, right? Yeah. So in making those decisions, we always advise our nonprofits when you're making your asks, try to find someone who has a personal connection to your cause. One, it means that there's going to be so much more authentic and organic passion when they serve as a spokesperson or an ambassador for you. So for example, you know, if in our work with local children's hospitals, there's a celebrity whose child was treated at a local children's hospital or the celebrity themselves was treated as a kid at a local children's hospital, that makes for a really powerful connection. Um, to give you some context, we had the pleasure of working for years with Adam Devine, the comedian and actor. And a lot of people didn't know before our work together that um, as a child, he had a crazy accident and was run over by a cement truck. And he underwent all of these brutal surgeries um, to repair the damage done to his legs and learn to walk again. And so he was treated at his local children's hospital and he always wanted to use his platform and use his celebrity to give back. And he's just 
such a wonderfully generous human being. So when we heard his story, we went to him and said, we're working with Children's Miracle Network Hospitals, which works with hundreds of local children's hospitals in North America. Um, your story, I think, will really resonate with your fans and millions of people around the world. Would you team up with us? And he was so gracious to be a part of so many initiatives that we produced for CMN hospitals. So that personal connection um, really makes a difference when you're doing that outreach to celebrities. The other important thing is make the ask super easy and seamless. You know, as I already said, these are people that are really busy. So you don't want to go to them with what would seem to be a heavy lift. You want to go with them with something that's really plug and play. So how can they just fit this in real neatly into their busy schedule and make it a joy and pleasure to support? So, you know, our job as social impact experts and producers is to provide all of the assets for the campaign. So all the celebrity has to do is cut, copy, paste, you know, tweak the, the post copy on social and kind of put it in their authentic voice, right. but make it super easy for them to share with their fans on social media. Mm -hmm. Or if they're um, filming a video for one of our campaigns, we'll write the script and work on the draft of it with the talent. So they're not sitting there having to spend a few hours, you know, doing that. If we have a celebrity appearing in interviews for the campaign, I'll spend a half hour media training the celebrity so they get really familiar and comfortable with the messaging points that we need them to share, whether it's a television, radio, podcast, print, or online interview. So we want them to look and sound their best. And we also want the charity to be having a major spotlight for their mission. So it's about doing the work up front to make this experience really easy and fun for the celebrity to support your cause. So that way, if you ask them to support in the future, they say, wow, that was an incredible experience. We'll do anything for your cause. And we've been really fortunate that the majority of the celebrities that we've worked with over the last two decades, we've cultivated these long-term and really priceless relationships for the charities that we support. And so many of the celebrities that we'll work with have gone on to support the charities for five, 10, 15 years. Mm -hmm. And now it's at the point where the celebrities are coming to us or our friends at the charities and they're coming with the ideas and saying, well, I have this big media appearance coming up. Can I mention that I love supporting this charity or I have a movie premiere coming up? How about I donate two tickets and we can do, you know, an online fundraising campaign where I'll host somebody at the premiere. So you want to cultivate those sort of relationships where then the celebrity gets excited to bring you ideas of how they can support your cause. Um, and just to jump in here, because there's a way I think maybe I can present it that I'll like maybe change the way people perceive this, because, you know, when you when you're at a nonprofit and, you know, you're you're doing your best to like stay to, to get by and to make an impact mm -hmm. and you feel like, wow, if I can just get X, Y, Z celebrity, it'll just, you know, take us to that next level. Mm -hmm. But you're what you're really doing is you're looking at it from like, what can I get? Yeah. And you have to think about it a little bit like almost like dating, right? So this celebrity, let's say, maybe hasn't heard of your nonprofit. Well, you can understand why they might be a little skittish. Not that you're not doing great work, you know, mm -hmm. and not that you're not totally legit and have integrity and honor. And nobody's questioning that, but they just don't maybe not don't know you. Yeah. And so they don't know a what you do are super familiar with it, but B as Amy touched on, 
they don't know how they're going to be treated. They don't know what the experience is going to be like. And so they're just skittish because what their teams are really doing is just protecting them. You know, yeah. they just want to make sure that they're protecting their brand and that they don't, that like their time is valuable. They don't get taken advantage of. And so, you know, when we contact them, they just know it's like plug and play and like, this is going to be the experience. And so it's super easy mm-hmm. when it's someone they don't know that's contacting them. It's not that you're going to get necessarily a no, but you're going to have to work harder because if you don't have a personal relationship or someone in common or someone that's vouching for you, mm-hmm. it's just helpful to think about it in terms of, well, what are they going to get out of it? And really focusing on what their experiences will be in the process. Because if you make it easy for them, and they have a great experience, as Amy said, we find that people are incredibly generous. Mm-hmm. And once you get them involved, especially if you get them, like I had said before, like emotionally connected with the, the transparency of giving, it's amazing what, you know, because actors in general tend to be like super emotional and, and empathetic and, you know, wonderful people. And so once they get in, like they're in. And so um, it's worth the time and effort. It's just approaching it from a perspective of how can I make their experience great and not so much worry about, you know, what are we getting? Yeah, I I love that perspective as well, because we see that with grants as well, right? So you apply for a grant, nonprofits apply, if they get turned down, sometimes they can get mad, sometimes they can get bitter, right? Why, why not me, right? And it goes back to me, 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 and you got to think I love that. And not to say, you know, we all come from different places at certain times, you put a lot of work into it. It can be easy to get in that headspace. But when you look back and say, no, this is a partnership, it's not just about asking for money once a year and then getting mad if you get turned down. It's about developing a relationship, right? It's about that, okay, the other side needs 100% as well. And I love that that context too. These are people and they have a huge brand. And if your nonprofit's only been around for a year and they don't know if you're going to be staying around for a long time, that's, that's a huge risk for them to start talking about it, right? Or if they're not really clear what you're doing, et cetera, then that's a huge risk for them and their brand um, to really support. So having these gatekeepers, like you guys kind of like open the doors, right, is, is super valuable, especially that plug and play, especially understanding the mentality of having this be a relationship in, in a dating service. Kind of so. Yeah. And I, I will yeah. say that doing good feels good mm-hmm. and it's a, a positive addiction. So once, you know, the celebrities we work with have that experience of giving back and meeting the people who are the beneficiaries of the charity, whether it's, you know, meeting the kids at local children's hospitals or, you know, the veterans and service members that we're supporting or volunteering with us at an animal rescue group, you know, or supporting foster kids. When they have that experience of coming into contact and spending a few hours with the people that benefit from the charity that they're supporting, it is a total game changer because now they can see, okay, I'm changing lives by my participation. You know, our feeling is if you're blessed to make a living from playing pretend on TV or in the movies or getting to sing or play sports for a living, you are one of a very fortunate few to have that sort of blessing in your life. And so you better believe that you should be using that platform for good. We don't have a lot of patience for people that have this massive platform and they're just taking and they're not giving back. So the entire reason, as far as Scott and I are concerned, that you're blessed with 
all of these people who are listening and hanging on your every word to what you're sharing on social media or tuning into your interviews, you better use that to shine a spotlight on something that means something and is making a difference. And I'd say 95% of the time when we present these opportunities to talent, they are all in to support. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we always want to give people the benefit of the doubt. It's that almost everyone is a good person with a big heart that wants to give back. Sometimes people just don't know how to do it and they need the tools and they need the help. Yeah. Yeah. And and like you said, they're getting so many asks, right? So it's knowing how to kind of figure out what would be the best way to, or best, you know, way to partner, right? They can't partner with everything. They can't do it. What makes the most sense? What aligns? And, and I love that kind of. One, one other thing I, last thing I'll say is, um, you know, sometimes when we talk to nonprofits, they say, well, I, how do we get, you know, Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise or Tom Hanks, you know, those are our three, you know, um, that's really tough. Yeah. But there's a lot of celebrities out there. There's a lot of musicians. There's a lot of athletes. There's a lot of influencers. There's a lot. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, it's important to understand that you can get so much benefit from so many different ways. And Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be just, you know, um, Vin Diesel. You know what I mean? There's an incredible amount of wonderful people out there that want to give back, that have a tremendous platform and audience and incredible fans. And so it's really important to, as Amy said before, do your research and find people that are connected to your cause in some way. And then when you reach out to them, you're automatically going to be set up with connecting with them in an important, like emotional way. And then from there, you can build out these long-term relationships. So it's, it's just important to understand that, like, you know, there's a lot of people out there and there's a lot of people who can help you and, you know, just do your research, do the legwork. And if you ask in the right way and present it the right way and you make it a seamless experience, you have a really high chance of success. But I would say set realistic expectations. You know, the nonprofits that ask us for Oprah or Tom Hanks, you know, we always are transparent with people and we'll have the conversation and say, look, there are certain people that are in kind of their own stratosphere of celebrity and they just don't do these sort of partnerships. Mm -hmm. So you don't want to go in with these unrealistic expectations and be let down. You know, when you're talking about Oprah or Tom Hanks, these are people that have their own foundations. They're building schools in other countries. You know, they're, they're working with the Kennedy center honors or, or they're on stand up to cancer. You're talking about people who are doing things at a different level. So, you know, be mindful of that and appreciate the value of the partnership that anyone in sports or entertainment could bring by shining a major spotlight on your cause. And the other thing that I'd say, it's not just about who you pick to be an ambassador, but it's also when you pick them. I knew you were going to say this. I wanted to say it, but you said it first. (laughs) Timing is really important. And, you know, we'll have a lot of clients will say to us and they'll have their wish list and, you know, they're these huge. And I I really hate Scott knows. I hate when people say a list about human beings. I hate qualifying people by in those sort of terms. I just have to say it with the air quotes. So people know that it's because in this industry that we happen to work in, this is kind of the terms that people use. Outdated language. (laughs) 
<laughs> outdated language. I, I despise it. I, I hope it, I hope it goes away at some point, but you know, these bigger stars will say to our clients, look, while there might be, um, you know, this love that your team has for these bigger stars, if you listen to us and, and go with someone else who's also very pressworthy, but might not be the biggest global global movie star in the world right now, or, you know, the biggest Grammy award winning sold out concert, you know, recording artist, um, there's value in celebrities who have something really interesting going on in their personal lives, because it means everybody in the media is going to want to talk with them about it. So, you know, to give you guys a, a good example, everyone who's watching this fabulous show, a few years ago, we did this wonderful campaign, hashtag fight for the Amazon with our friends at the video game PUBG Mobile, and it benefited the nonprofit Global Green. And we said to our clients at the time, we'd love to have our friends, Megan Fox and Brian Austin Green, this is when they were still um, married, host this campaign. And we said, listen, if you trust us, we're going to get billions of media impressions because Megan and Brian had never uh, teamed up together in support of the cause. They both done their own uh, philanthropic endeavors separately, and they hadn't been on a red carpet together in a decade. So we knew it was going to be global news and we would have an even bigger spotlight to shine on the work we were doing to save the Amazon rainforest. And thankfully, we knew what we were talking about. We were able to generate over 2 billion media impressions wow. and over $33 million in earned media. So that means not a penny paid for that media coverage, all free. Um, and it was because there was this additional interest in the personal story that this, you know, loved, ho this beloved Hollywood couple was joining forces to help fight climate change. So it's, you know, and this is something that we, we do on a daily basis in our work is, you know, suggest to the nonprofits, it's not just about who you pick, but it's also the timing Absolutely. and knowing kind of all right, who's in a new relationship now? Who just announced they're expecting a baby? Or who just announced they have this new you know, music tour that everyone's gonna wanna talk about? Or they just signed to a new basketball team. If there's an interesting hook there from a media angle, mm -hmm. it is going to pay off in dividends for your nonprofit. So think about that. And you know, if you have a communications team uh, at your nonprofit, that's something that you can discuss with them. It's it's the way to finesse the media so that you can drive more impressions to let more people know about the great work that your nonprofit is doing. And ultimately, that's going to help you raise more money for your cause. And this is the last, last thing I'm going to say. <laughs> um, it's, don't, it's Don't lie. There'll be three more last things. You're already getting to know me. It's <laughs> can't trust a word I say, but keep an eye on the long game. Mm -hmm. In other words, don't have the... Uh, the misconception that if I could just get X celebrity to post once on Instagram, all our problems will be solved because it doesn't work like that. You, mm -hmm. you need a sustained effort. And so that means either cultivating a long-term relationship with that celebrity or uh, something else we definitely recommend to nonprofits is if you are lucky enough to get a celebrity and do a campaign and have some media behind it, you know, really create like a, almost like a lookbook, you know, uh, highlight that on a page on your website so that when you approach other celebrities, you can point to that and say, look, you're not the first one, you know, you're not alone. Uh, we've done this before. It looked great. It sounded great. And that's sort of another thing that celebrities love to see is, you know, I, a lot of times they don't want to be the first one. 
Right. You know, they want to know that like, you know what you're doing and you're not going to make them look bad and it's going to be successful and they want to be a part of something that's going to make a difference, which is fair. And so having, you know, if you are looking at, if it is your first time, just make sure you kind of document everything and, yeah. you know, show the results. And that's super important then because you're going to want to keep doing it and, yeah. and, and flowing with it because over time it'll make a big difference, but you can't expect, you don't, don't have unrealistic expectations that just getting one post all of a sudden is just going to complete. It, it could happen. Lightning does strike once in a while, but a lot of times it's these. For five years. Yeah. So. Social proof is, is really important to Scott's point, you know, and, and, you know, obviously Holly is um, a podcast host repurposing your content mm -hmm. and really getting, you know, as much bang for your buck as you can out of it is key, especially if you're a small to a mid-sized nonprofit. So if you are fortunate to have a celebrity do a video for you, and then you can slice and dice that in all these different ways and use it on social, create a blog post, put it on your website, put it in your EPK, you know, use it in your video to solicit uh, support from corporate partners, get as much mileage as you can off of that, you know, one collaboration with the celebrity. Um, it, it's just going to pay dividends, you know, to, to your cause and, and really help you in the long run. Yeah, I, I love that, especially, you know, those are great gold nuggets. And that's why you guys are the experts. So thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome. I know people are eating this up right now. And you know what? I just wanted to touch on to that point of it's not an overnight success if you get one thing. And I think that's what a lot of people think this is going to be their saving grace. Um, this could be their only stream of income they're going after. And that should not be the fact, right? They should be going after diversified funds, funding, um, individual donation campaigns, all of the things, right, um, to really keep a healthy nonprofit. This could just be one of those streams. Um, and even if you're looking at uh, just even getting brand recognition for your nonprofit and thinking the dollar is the second thing, right? So there could be different ways to kind of approach this as a nonprofit. Um, but I, I do, I have a story. Uh, one of the nonprofits that I know really well and I just love, um, Guy Kawasaki actually wrote an article about what they were doing. Be, they didn't even know. <laughs> like he just found them and was like, this That's is amazing. Cool. Yeah. And they were like, not prepared for the flood, of course, because they weren't reaching out to him specifically, but there was a flood of kind of, you know, emails and, and trying then to think, how do we get set up? What is the call to action? So I think just for nonprofits to tuck away too, like, if you're doing this campaign, it's not just the eyes, but also what is the call to action? What do you want people then that find out about your nonprofit through this, all these millions of eyes or thousands of eyes you get on it? what do you want them to do next, right? So that is an amazing point, Holly. And Absolutely. it's something we talk to the nonprofits we work with on a weekly basis. If that call to action is not clear and concise, you're losing people. And then it's pointless because from that moment when you have people fired up and inspired, they have short attention spans. So you want them to act right now. Uh, you know, Scott laughs all the time because like I'm a nerd for the show Shark Tank. I love it. And I'm one of those people that buys like half the products that I fall in love with on the show. <laughs> So I actually, you know, will pull out my phone while I'm watching it. I'll write a note. And then, you know, later that night or the next day, I'll go buy the product. Mm -hmm. Most people will not go back later and do that. So right. 
you know, if they're watching your interview on Good Morning America, let's say, or they see a post from your celebrity ambassador, you want them to know what's the one thing or the two things that they can do to support your organization literally right now while you have their attention. Mm -hmm. So make it super easy. So many nonprofits miss out on priceless opportunities because they are not communicating that call to action in yeah. an effective way. And, you know, we talk to donors and we do so many focus groups and it's the first thing that they'll bring up as part of their frustra frustration. I love this cause. And, you know, after I watched this beautiful PSA and I was so touched, I was crying. I had no idea how to support them. Yeah. And so then you lose your audience and they'll go to another charity whose messaging is easier to understand, who's given them this action plan laid out about how they can make a difference. And once you kind of lose those people, it's hard to get them back. Yes. So my whole thing is you only get one shot to make a first impression. So being organized and planning up front mm -hmm. is key to all and, this. And to that point, um, it's super important if you if you are lucky enough to engage a celebrity or, you know, do, let's say, a 60 second video that they're going to push out on Instagram and YouTube and Facebook and Twitter, and whatever. Um, what is that message? You know, it's not just a call to action, but are you, what are you going to use with that 60 seconds? Because, you know, the statistics are people might only watch your video for the first three seconds or five seconds. And if you don't grab them, you know, you've done all this work and you might get, it might say on Instagram and it's a little, you know, um, deceptive because you could look at it and say, oh, wow, this video got 300,000 views. Well, that sounds like a crazy figure, but you don't know how long the people were watching the video for. So maybe they only watched the first three seconds. You know, a little thing that we always try to do a lot of times in our videos is we'll have titles on the bottom. You know, because so a lot of people don't yeah. watch it with sound. Um, you know, there's, is, is the is call to action clear, obviously, but also, you know, is the video itself engaging? Is it is it just too serious and depressing, frankly, you know, or or does it is there moments of levity and some some, you know, entertainment, uh, you know, unfortunately, that's what social media is. And so it's thinking all of this through so that you don't just think, oh, well, once I get the celebrity, I'm home free. There's so many things that, you know, you need to be organized and think through, you know, can I book a media appearance? Um, what's going to be that video? Could I get a social post? What would that image be? Mm -hmm. You know, it's just thinking all this stuff through so it's actually effective. And if you think about how many posts are done every single day, just mm -hmm. getting a celebrity to do a post, it still has to be able to cut through yeah. all that noise. And yeah. I'll say right now that, you know, in a digital world where we've never been more connected, mm -hmm. we're so disconnected in real life. Mm -hmm. And we found through our work that people are really desensitized to problem-focused marketing. Mm -hmm. So meaning seeing um, these sad social issues that the general public feels like there is no way that we're going to be able to solve this. Right. Maybe it costs hundreds of billions of dollars and they feel like we'll never raise enough money mm -hmm. or there's too much bureaucracy or red tape. So you got to flip the script. And what we tell our nonprofit People clients- are already depressed. Yeah, you they're know, already like, depressed. You got COVID, you've got like so many problems. So, so we, 
Yeah. We tell people flip the script mm -hmm. and instead of focusing on the problem, focus on the solution that your nonprofit provides. So show the inspiration and the impact of what happens when all of the people come together. You know, so if the charity is for foster kids, for example, don't have this sad, depressing video about the plight of kids in foster care and what they're going through. Show instead how your organization is literally saving and transforming their lives and show an inspiring story of a kid that's come through your program who now has this beautiful, amazing life. Um, and it's a success story. You're communicating, hey, this is the great feeling you're going to get if you come to our nonprofit and you donate or you give us your email address so we can start funneling you, you know, different emails, we're going to create this feeling for you where you're going to feel good. And right. that's the key. So as Amy said, like the video can't just be super depressing. It's got to make them feel like good. And like a perfect example of this is when we were working with uh, Children's Miracle Network hospitals and they said, you know, we want to do this really cool. We want to engage a bunch of celebrities we don't really have an idea of what we want to do. We want to engage like a bunch of celebrities and we want to do a bunch of videos around a cool theme. Mm -hmm. And so Amy and I put our heads together and we're like, you know, these kids that are really sick and fighting terminal diseases in a lot of cases and they're really young and it's really sad. What can we do to flip the script? Like Amy said, she so said, why don't we make them superheroes? And Aww, each one of they them, are. each all one of them, superheroes. so we told, we told the families, you know, here, we created this little questionnaire. We're like, what would be your uh, biggest superpower? Mm -hmm. And what, who would be your arch nemesis? And who would be your sidekick and create your own, mm -hmm. create your own. And so then we created this whole kind of world and wrote these individualized uh, scenes. And we had 18 of them. And then we got like Jack Black and Mark Cuban and Adam Devine and just a whole Nick host Cannon. of amazing celebrities. And they came and the, and the celebrities were like the sidekicks or the villains oh, very and beautiful. the kids were the superheroes. And so the idea was when you were watching it, you were like, these kids are really brave and strong. They're yeah. not weak. They are heroes. And so, you know, it had a lot of success. It, it you know, really reached a lot of people because it felt like, Wow, I haven't seen this in this light before. Right. People were used to seeing a lot of messaging around children's healthcare issues of kids sick, you know, in hospital beds. And it got to the point where we said people can't tolerate that anymore, seeing those images. I mean, it's it's awful it's what the families are, are going through and it is heartbreaking. And it's not it's not that it's not happening. It's just yeah. you're trying to, you know, get a certain response. But right. we needed to show the joy and the hope and the positivity and that miracles are literally being made every day in our local children's hospitals. And so by empowering these amazing, heroic little kids, um, when we, they put on their spandex suits and their capes and their masks, they completely transformed. Yeah, yeah. And for us, it's one of the proudest, you know, moments of our careers to be able to give that gift to these kids who are everything to us and inspire us. Yeah. And for the celebrities, you know, these are people that are used to showing up to places and people are waiting on them and they're these big stars. 
Well, that day they were the sidekicks, you know, <laughs> and, and the kids were the celebrities yeah. and they were there to make sure that the patients were the stars of the day. And all the celebrities told us it was one of the most important, beautiful things that they have ever done. They were on the ground, like rolling around. Oh they my were, God, like, Mark you know, Cuban was on his knees for a half spandex. hour. I it mean, was amazing. Because they were like, this is amazing. Like, we love this. And that's, that's the power of it. If you get yeah. celebrities, like, and you get them excited about that, they'll do anything. They'll just, they just want to be, they want to help. Right. Uh, and I, I love that, like, as far as looking at it and saying, flip the script. And I know right now there's a bunch of people writing our notes. I can just hear the pens because they are like, oh, I was going to go down showing how, you know, depressing and awful this is because I understand there needs to be an emotional appeal. But, you know, now you can make an emotional appeal on something more positive. And you guys are, are completely right about that, especially during the last two years, people have just desensitized and they don't want to look at that type of stuff. And there's even, I was reading, I think a couple of years ago, even with the whole climate crisis, right? People are having new phobias to that even. It's, it's really yeah. interesting to see the psychology, right? That's reflected in human behavior right now through the amount of trauma the world is going through. So I love that changing the direction and saying, no, you can be a part of something that there's a solution, right? You are part of that solution. You know, uh, my son, our son um, is really into climate change and is angry, gets angry. You know, he's only 10. He gets angry when he talks about it. Like, what do, what am I inheriting? What are you people yeah. doing? And he watched this David Attenborough uh, documentary on Netflix, is you know about the Earth, and it was very powerful, and it was very sad. And he's taking you through this footage, and you're just getting more and more depressed. But then he ends with he's like, "Here's your four or five action steps that yes. you can do right now to start changing." It's not, you know, his message was one of hope. It's not too late. You can. We can come together and we can solve this problem. It goes back to what Amy said before. is like, hopefully in our lifetime, we can, human trafficking can be stopped. People want to feel a sense of hope and that, you know, maybe part of that message is here's some things you can do. Yeah. Here's some action steps you can take, Empower even if you're not people. donating, mm -hmm. you know, and it's, it's, this is another thing. It's not always about asking for money. You know, it could be getting an email address or it could just be, we're just trying to get a message out there. And by getting a message out there, mm -hmm. you know, that could bring a lot of karmic stuff back your way, mm -hmm. you know? So it, it's like I said, keeping an eye on the long game and really thinking through like, where do we see ourselves in five years? And if we, maybe we don't ask for donations on this. Our call to action is, hey, you know, we're a climate, you know, and, you know, our, our call to action is eat one less hamburger a week. I, yeah. I didn't think about that, but maybe eating a little bit more plant-based will make a really big difference. And one pound of beef is 2,500 pounds of water. Like, mm -hmm. I didn't know that. So, you know, there's all these ways that you can give people action and hope and anyway so no, i love just, that it's important yeah. to think about you know from different angles and not just it's another one of these psas and it's depressing and they're asking for money like people have seen that you gotta kind of have to flip the script and change your angle and change your approach and maybe be funny you know it's just mm -hmm. there's people need something new to glob onto if you want it to go viral yeah. i think for our friends you know working in nonprofits, it's a simple way of saying don't go with the fear-based marketing yes but move move to a love-based marketing mm -hmm. so you know anytime you're operating from a position of fear mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you're not going to achieve the goal that you want. And getting people worked up and depressed or scared about the problem is not the way to inspire them to work with you to create a solution. Mm-hmm. But providing an avenue of love and hope and letting people know that there are actually ways that they can make a difference beyond just donating their money. Time is one of the most important things we all have to give. And it is one of the most valuable ways you can make a difference. If you communicate from a position of love, I promise you, you will bring in so much more abundance to your nonprofit because that is where you're going to connect with people and your message will really resonate. And one of the things that you know we're constantly doing uh, in our company is trying to find creative ways to fundraise. Mm-hmm. You know, we've done, you know, as event producers, you know, back in the day, we did, you know, the thousand dollar plate dinners and, you know, huge celebrities and all that kind of fun, cool stuff and great entertainment. And, you know, the, they would spend a lot of money on the event. And that night with a silent auction and a live auction, try to raise enough money to make money. Sometimes they made a lot of money. Sometimes they broke even and sometimes they lost money. Right. Um, there are reasons behind that. You know, maybe the silent auction or the or the live auction didn't go that well. Maybe right. they didn't have the right people in the room. Maybe people spent the money on the plates, but then didn't want to donate uh, extra. So we, we kind of decided, you know, look, there's, we're moving into more of a digital age and maybe there's some more creative ways to fundraise than just these, these galas holding them once a year, which by the way, also take a ton of resources oh. and time away from the nonprofit to have I've to plan these things. I've myself. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so yeah. you know, oh, they yeah. take a tremendous Lots amount. I mean, even if you hired us and we did everything, we st- there's still a tremendous amount of money and resources are still required from the nonprofits end to approve everything and plan yep. and do this and uh, the guest list and on and on and on. So, you know, we started looking for ways like there's got to be more ways. And then there's, you know, the platforms out there that are like doing sweepstakes like Omaze and Prizio that are doing, you know, prizes and VIP experiences and money. And there's that route, which is cool and interesting. Um, And then that's when Amy and I kind of decided as uh, it was about a year and a half ago, we decided, hey, you know, what could we do? to help raise money in a way that really isn't being done. And that's where we came up with the idea of the search engine. Yeah. We really wanted to come up with something. <laughs> we, well, we really wanted to come up with something that actually didn't ask for a dollar or a penny from anybody mm-hmm. and just take um, a habit an action that people are always doing every day mm-hmm. and make it the same great experience. Cause our whole thing was like, focus on the user experience, the user experience, make sure that if they come and search with us, they're not feeling like let down if they were searching on Google, mm-hmm. you know, that this is still a great search experience and it's fast and it's, you're getting the results just like you normally would. Mm-hmm. And all things being pretty much equal. Um, why wouldn't you do search with us? If we're giving back to six amazing nonprofits, you don't have to spend a dollar. It's free. It's easy. And now you're donating. And so, that's why we came up with it. And that's why we're like heavily, you know, excited about it and promoting it because we think it's like a game changer. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it is, goes, it goes back to my point of like, you know, it's just be, think outside the box, you yeah. know, and it doesn't always have to be just donations. Mm-hmm. And with our, our search engine, you know, just wanted to point out for everyone listening, it takes seconds to make us your default search engine, you know, whether you're using your phone, your tablet, or your computer, 
um, you know, you set it and then you forget it and you use our beautiful red heart icon. We donate 80% of our net profits to our six charity partners who work tirelessly to save lives, feed the hungry, protect the planet, promote animal welfare, fight for equality and support our youth. So <laughs> we're really blessed to be um, supporting our amazing charity partners, uh, Smile Train, PFLAG National, Action Against Hunger, Global Green, Variety Boys and Girls Club, and Four Paws for Ability. And so these teams are on the front lines every day helping people, animals, and the planet. So this is a way that you can take your power back and you can consciously commit to having your searches make a social and environmental impact. Mm -hmm. I think most people don't realize that, you know, the search engine industry generates hundreds of billions of dollars a year. And so Scott and I thought this is an opportunity where we can help direct some of those funds back to these nonprofits who are making a real difference in the world. And it goes back to what we were saying earlier. You know, we are big believers that there are billions of people in the world with big hearts who want to transform their local communities. But most people do not have money to donate to charity. They just don't have disposable income. Mm -hmm. And they've been largely excluded from philanthropy for so long. Yeah. And we wanted to help democratize philanthropy and invite all those people in and make it more inclusive. And so this is a way where you don't have to take a dollar out of your wallet, but you can feel good knowing, you know, whether you're searching for those cute puppy videos or mm -hmm. you want to check the weather or book a dinner reservation. Now that action of searching the web is making a difference in the world. And I think using the power of tech for good mm -hmm. is where we're moving, yeah. um, you know, in the next few years, there are so many brilliant and talented social entrepreneurs who are finding different ways to harness technology to make a real difference in the world. And we're in awe and impressed by so many of our peers that are really innovating. Mm -hmm. So we thought, look, this is something, you know, relatively simple that we can introduce out there and we're building a community and, you know, so it's for everyone. We want to invite everyone to join us. And when you do, you know, as we talked about before, you will see where every dollar we donate goes to make a difference. And you will see the amazing funded dream projects that our community makes a reality. You will feel so good knowing that you sent kids in underserved communities to college and that they receive scholarships. You will feel amazing that we're planting trees in the Amazon rainforest and well, fighting climate change. And, and I mean, this, it's just incredible. This goes back to our point earlier about showing the transparency of giving. If you, if you mm -hmm. check out our website, it's just trueheart.com, mm -hmm. um, you'll see that we are very specific about what Amy had called these funded dream projects. And you'll yeah. everything we're kind of talking about, you will see kind of in practice on our website where we talk about the six different funded dreams and how they're not the, the charities. This is specifically what they're giving, you know, mm -hmm. your doll, your searches are going towards this. Right. And so again, it's to, to bring the community in to feel like, okay, well, I'm in, I, I like searching and I don't know, it seems pretty easy. Yeah. And now I know what it's going towards. And so, you know, that was kind of the whole package. Yeah, I mean, I think it's amazing. So you guys, if you're kind of like, what are they talking about? So basically like you search on Google or whatever you use, Yahoo or whatever your 
web browser is, you yeah. can actually make TrueHeart your uh, web browser. So basically, it's the same thing that you put in there, right? You can put in your any search that you want, and it, it's going to search the internet for different things. Now, I'm a little well, one, one quick one quick clarification. Yeah. It's not a web browser, oh, so sorry. it's you would use whatever browser you normally use, like you use Chrome or Safari or whatever, Firefox. You oh, use okay. that, okay. and then you just um, if it's a phone, you just like add us to your home screen, basically. So like we're an icon, and you just tap on that and opens but it's going through whatever your browser is so, oh, so safari or whatever home screen. so we're not we're not even asking you to change your browser we're just basically saying we're going to be your when you if you're on your desktop you install the extension and then that way every time you open chrome true heart is what opens and there's a the search box so it's even easier than that so uh, no, thank you for the clarification yeah, yeah. I thought, oh i was like oh i'll just switch the browser no problem because even for me that's like not a big deal but um <laughs> and y'all yeah. keep taking back over from some reason like <laughs> taking them out but um yeah so even easier just to make it your home screen then right or your yeah. home yeah pretty much yeah okay so you can just put it on default. you just click a button like you comment it's like here click a button well, definitely. It so what I'm going to do is I'm going to do it personally, and I'm going to have a short walkthrough video on the show notes. So please do jump in the show notes so you can see all of the things that um, and how to find Amy and Scott. And also, I'll do a little show of how I added it to mine. So you guys Thank can you. Thank you. You're very welcome. <laughs> so, yeah. I'll just be like, yeah, I'll go ahead and do it myself so you guys can see if you guys want to do it as well, since it sounds even more simple than what I thought. So can you just <laughs> now for my tech brain? How does this actually generate money, right? Like I get like, there's like things going on in the background, but in a very yeah. simple way, can you just let me know, like, how does this actually generate money? Cause it's, it's super, cool. it's super yeah. easy. Just like, um, if you're on Google and you typed in, uh, you know, basketball shoes mm -hmm. and you would see ads at the top, it would say, you know, Amazon or Walmart or Target, whatever it is. And you click on that ad, Google makes money through AdWords. Uh, every single search engine does that. So you don't have to click on an ad. You can click on an organic search result. Um, if you click on an ad, then that produces revenue. So it's a pretty straightforward thing. And it's not like we have like pop-up ads. It's exactly like right. Google. So, okay. you know, they make hundreds of billions of dollars because people like, you know, click on those ads at the top or at the bottom or on the side. It's the exact same thing. And we're partnered with uh, Microsoft. So Bing powers our search results. So you get the same great experience as if you were, you know, using Bing, but you know, now that when you search with Trueheart, you are also making a difference in the world. Yeah. So, and it's really cool when you start to see um, our heart icon, how many searches you've done. Right. Um, it, it gets exciting, you know, for you because you you're like, your wow, I'm, I'm making a real impact yeah. in the world. It's super easy. You can, if you want to do it, you can, if not, it'll just sort of track it in the background. If you want to, you know, have it be tracked, you can sync it to your phone and your tablet. So wherever you are, it's syncing how many, you can see how many searches you've done, which is That's cool. Cool. I, I just love that. I love that you guys are innovative, thinking of ways on really how to reshape and reframe. But also, you know, it's it is like you said, it's it's making it more democratic for people to be involved. Like you said, there's been so many people that have ex been excluded from serving on board of directors, um, from giving, et cetera, because they don't have a certain income, they don't have a certain amount of time they can give, et cetera. So this is doing something that they do every day. Um, I've seen other examples, which are really cool. I one called Parity Power, where um, people who sell online courses, I'm actually looking more into this. So if you were in another country and looking at my courses, it would somehow be in a currency um, at the same rate. So not US prices, but at the same rate in your country. So then 
and it lessens their price. They're not paying U.S. dollars. I mean, it still goes to U.S. dollars, but it would be a different rate. It would look more on what their economy is and compare that amount, right, to their. So it's yeah. actually really cool. Like I'm seeing more and more people be thoughtful and people who are working in tech really bring that mind frame forward of how can we make this um, more democratic across the board as far as purchasing power and transparency like we were talking about. So I really appreciate the work that you guys do there. Once again, you guys listening and watching out there, definitely check out um, the link so you guys can see how to do this and more about you guys. But before we sign out, I know we, we've gone kind of long today, but this is a really good conversation and I'm happy to go a little over because I also want to talk about, like I had mentioned, on value-based pricing, kind of now we're talking about, you know, um, being more democratic with prices, but at the same time, you know, nonprofits, like I always tell them, you know, you can't expect everything to be given to you for free. Like you can't, you know, there are, there is value. And even the products that nonprofits produce, whether it be if they have a thrift store, they offer counseling services, et cetera. They're also, you know, putting price tags on, on services so they can create revenue for their nonprofits, right? So um, I just wanted to touch them briefly because I I think this is so important, especially in the world of philanthropy and nonprofits that a lot of time valuing time is not necessarily there, right? Because there's that, oh, I should just give, um, you know, where if you can, that's great. But if, if it's a service, like as a grant writer, right, I'm not just going to give my services away for free every day. Like that's my, my business, right? So there, and a lot of people that are wanting to become freelance grant writers, they, they battle this in the beginning, especially like, how do I know how to value my services when there's people asking me to do it for free all the time? So can you kind of speak to that a little bit? Yeah, I, I think there's definitely kind of this um, shame and guilt complex that a lot of people working in philanthropy have where they feel like if they're making a decent living, they, they feel guilty, like, how can I be doing something good to give back in the world, but then feel like I'm taking for myself? Mm -hmm. You have to completely erase that mentality because until you can take care of yourself, you can't show up and be your best to help others and help these organizations that you care about. So if you're worried about, you know, paying your rent or putting food on the table for your family, you're not going to do the best job for this cause you care about. So mm -hmm. there is no shame in making a good living as a social entrepreneur. You look at a lot of other professions out there where they're not putting back goodness in the world. And in fact, there are some professions where, you know, it's my belief that they're actually putting kind of negativity and, and toxicity into the universe. And yet people are, you know, taking advantage of people and making millions or billions of dollars. Nice. So if you're coming, you know, to work every day from a place of love and kindness and wanting to make a difference, you should feel good about being able to make a living doing it. So, you know, I do a lot of talks about being an entrepreneur and I always tell people, you know, know your worth and, and, and ask for what you're worth. Obviously, you know, starting out, you know, from moment one, if it's your first year launching your business, your rates are going to be a lot different than when you're 10 years in or when you're 20 years in and so on and so forth. So with more expertise and experience under your belt, you can raise your rates. Mm -hmm. um, and, and also, um, you know, your performance in the success that you generate for your clients. People um, we have found have no problem paying a premium rate for a premium service. Mm -hmm. So 
when you really deliver um, on all those deliverables that you, you know, promise to your clients, people are very happy and proud to pay you what you're worth. It's a check well spent. And there's even this perception that the more you're paying, you know, the better the service that you're getting. Um, you know, if, if you flip it and reverse it, sometimes people say, oh, well, I don't think, you know, this consultant is charging enough. So therefore they must not be as good because, right. yeah. you know, looking at their proposal versus two or three other consultants, wow, it was like $5,000 cheaper. So maybe I don't you know, know that they're just not at the same level as the other people. Mm -hmm. So there's also that kind of reverse psychology of it that your clients will want to pay you more because they'll then say, you must be providing a better level of service. Mm -hmm. So if you're showing up and you're, you're being diligent and you're being professional and you're getting all of your agreed upon objectives and goals accomplished, pay what you need to survive and then also make a good living. Have yeah. no shame or guilt around that because the more um, you're in a good place, the more you can give of yourself mm -hmm. and pay it forward. You know, and I think obviously donating your time when you're able to um, and and being able to say, this is what I get paid to do, but maybe I'll take on, you know, one or two pro bono projects a year where it's not going to, you know, uh, financially impact you or if you have a family, you know, cause any problems there. That's a beautiful thing if you can do it, but definitely don't succumb to the pressure you know, a lot of times people will ask and they know, wow, you work in, you know, philanthropy, you're a really good person, mm -hmm. but you have to know when to say no. And no was a hard learn, a hard word for me to learn. Mm -hmm. And Scott taught me the value in that because I'm someone that always wants to show up and say yes, mm -hmm. but you have to take care of yourself and like have good self-care and mental health practices. Mm -hmm. So saying no and understanding like your own boundaries and what you're capable of do not put more on your plate than you can handle because then you're not going to do yourself or anybody in your life any favors. So I would just say, be conscious of that. Mm -hmm. Give when you can, but don't give, you know, when it's breaking you. Right. I, I have a few thoughts on this and uh, it's a little different, you know, uh, Amy and I agree on this, but here's my take on it. Mm -hmm. I look at it like, you know, how I was saying before about um, think about it from the celebrity's perspective, right? Mm -hmm because you tend to think about things from your own perspective of what I want. Well, if we're hiring somebody, uh, the thing that I most care about is, well, I, we put in so much love into this business, mm -hmm. right? Or this nonprofit. Um, how can I find somebody who's going to love it like I am, who's going to take care of this baby like I do mm -hmm. um, and help me grow it? And that's my biggest concern is like, how am I going to find people who are going to be really passionate and committed about this? So if you approach as an entrepreneur, you know, when you're doing something and you have a client and you approach it, and this is how we approach it, you know, when we get hired by clients, we want to care more about it than the client does. You mm -hmm. know, we care, we work harder on it and are more attention to detail than even our clients. Mm -hmm. And uh, we don't sleep if we don't need to, if we, if, if it's necessary, like we will do whatever it takes to get that job done at the highest possible level. So if you're an entrepreneur and you're thinking about like, well, what's my value? Well, first ask, what am I bringing to the table? Is mm -hmm. what I'm bringing to the table of, of a lot, it doesn't have a lot of value and how far am I willing to go to get this job done the best it's ever been done mm -hmm. so that 
my client will never even consider working with someone else again because it was the service and the value was that great. Right. And then think about, then you, you put yourself into the person who's hiring you position and mm -hmm. what they want. I think that's valuable because then you realize, uh, you know, if I can care more about what they're doing than they do, then you're mm -hmm. starting off on the right foot. And then the second thing is people tend to base their, their price on their time. And they say, well, how much time am I devoting to this? And that's not that that's wrong. How many resources? How much time am I going to devote to this? I actually don't fully agree with that. Mm -hmm. I think that your price should be dependent upon the value of the service that you're giving. Yeah. So I'll give you an example. Let's say you have a bad back, right? Mm -hmm. And you're going to go see somebody who's going to get you out of low back pain. And your low back has been in pain for 10 years. Mm -hmm. And I, in two weeks, I can get you out of pain. What's that worth? I might see you five times or three times, and I'm going to get you out of, you would be in low back pain for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. Was it worth to you to get out of low back pain? It might only take me three hours or five hours to teach mm -hmm. you, you know, Hey, you got some postural imbalances and I'm going to fix this. And we're going to fix that. I'm going to send you on your way. You're going to do it. What's that worth? Is it worth three hours of my rate? Or is it worth a lot more? And so I think if you approach it from that perspective of, you know, like Amy had said on a project we did, it was $33 million in earned media value. Mm -hmm. What's that worth? Mm -hmm. So it doesn't really matter how long it takes. As long as matters, you get the result. As long as you get that result and you know what the value of that result is, mm -hmm. now you can work backwards and start to figure out, this is what I deserve. This is my real value here of what I've given. Because you're really paying for someone's experience. Yes. And so, you know, doing what you love successfully for decades, it might take you a lot less time than someone who's just starting out. You know, so you, you look at the same task, whether it's writing a press release or, you know, pitching celebrity supporters or putting together a silent auction for your charity, mm -hmm. whatever the case may be, the experience is what enables you to be able to do it Amy, a lot faster. Amy's a perfect example of this. You know, she spent 20 years building up all these incredible relationships in the entertainment industry, not just through talent, but through their teams. Mm -hmm. And so what might take you six months or a year or never to break through to a specific person, she can just get on the call, call phone and call them personally yeah. and, or text them and just be like, I'll get you an answer in the next 20 minutes. Right. What's that worth? Because yeah. it might only take her a few minutes, but it might take you a year. Right. So but it what's took the me, value? It, but it, it took, took her, me 20 years exactly. to be in the position to your do five that. minutes took 20 years. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But so yeah. you're paying for those 20 years of yep. experience, not the, five it, it, not the five minutes. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I, I love that approach, that value-based, you know, pricing. And, and I think, like you said, it's, it's easier, the more experienced you are to kind of look at it when you're first starting. I still say track all your time. Cause they have to figure out like what that even means. You know what I mean? In the beginning while they're building, but even coming at it, like what is the problem you're solving versus what is, what are you charging? Right. Well, what is the problem you're solving? Like you said, this chronic back pain, you can do it in three hours or whatnot. Right. So you're not going to necessarily pay like a three hour rate divided by 52 weeks, blah, blah, blah. Right. You're actually paying for, right. for something so much bigger, um, that experience and everything and that technique. So, which is hard to put a value on sometimes, but I like that process. I think that's very helpful to kind of look at end results. What am I going to do if I put it, my all into it? Those are going to be nights away from my kids, maybe, right? That I'm working on this project. Exactly. That's I right. It better be worth it. 
Yeah. Like that's my, that's my, know time. your worth. Yeah. Know your worth. Yeah. And the impact on my time. Right. So it's, it's my self-care, it's my mental health, it's all the other things. So yeah, I definitely love that. One so, other thing that, and uh, this is like what Amy alluded to about the power of saying no to certain mm-hmm. things. I do think it's also super important as an entrepreneur to, and again, I hate to use the dating thing again, but you know, it is a little bit like dating when you have a client and you're, you know, getting into a business relationship and there's, you know, you don't know each other that well, and you want to make sure you're going to get treated a certain way and you're going to treat them a certain way. You're going on a certain amount of faith of like, you hope it goes well, and I'm going to pay you this and you're going to do that. Um, It is very important on those, like that initial call or those initial calls to be aware of red flags. Because mm-hmm. it's not always, you know, you might really need the money and we get, you know, we've all been there, you know, you take a job, you probably know, oh, this is going to suck, but I'm going to do it because I have to do it. But it is super important to be aware of red flags because we found in our business, sometimes taking on a client that we know is a mistake is, is worth, is, is, it's, it's not worth it. No. I call it's, it cashing an expensive check Yeah, and I will never do it because anything that brings stress into your life is not worth it. Or it could we would hurt rather you, pass or, on the project. Or, or it could hurt your reputation or it could uh, cause, you know, lead down a negative path. Who knows? Like there's all kinds of things, ways things can go sideways. It's so easy to get into relationships, but it's so hard to end them yeah. and get out of them. So it's much better if you're able to, as Scott was saying, you know, diagnose on the front end, any sort of red flags or warning signs that you can see. And then it's okay to say, Hey, this one's just not for me. Like I wish you the best. There's power in that people. When you tell people, no, (laughs) they go, wait, what What? you're saying? No, I'm trying to hire you. No, it's not for me. People are like, Whoa, you can't believe the response people will have. Like, well, this person, now I want this person 10 times more because they don't want to even do it or they're too busy or, you know, whatever. And so price becomes almost irrelevant at that point. I need this service done. I need the best. I need this result. Mm -hmm. Uh, The money is not as important as that. Right. Right. No, and I love that, that, um, you know, and I, I hear a lot from people starting out in the freelance world and they say to me, they say, Holly, I knew it. I knew it on that discovery call. I just was like, there's something <laughs> off here, but yeah. I took them anyways. And yeah. I'm like, yep. You know. <laughs> Your gut is it. talking to you. Yeah. It knows. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I love that. Yeah. Have those conversations and kind of be like, okay, um, are we a good fit before you say yes? Right. Not just like, oh, I need a client like in that scarcity. Once again, going back to that scarcity mindset, but coming forward to say, hmm, are we going to be a good fit? And think about the power of that too. You're talking to someone and you're saying, look, I'm not, I'm not sure I want to even do this, yeah. you know, and I, I want to make sure that I can really give you that result and that this is going to be a good working relationship. Someone's going to take a step back and go, oh my God, I actually have to work for this a little bit. It's not just the money. I have to actually be a good person and a good partner in this relationship. Mm-hmm. That shows that you are already valuing who you are and what you bring to the table. And people will respect that. So much. Yeah, no, I love that. I love that. I think having that conversation, even if you come at it where you're like, I don't have a gut negative gut feeling, but I'm just going to kind of put it out there. Like, let's, this is a way we can get to know each other already. That makes your client kind of step up, like you said, and be like, oh, and they're not thinking they're like, oh, she didn't even pitch me on the price. She's just pitching me on. Maybe we've, maybe I don't even know where she wants to work with me now. So then now they want to more. So you're auditioning them. Yeah. It's like, oh, (laughs) that's just flipped it completely. But there's a lot of respect in that, you know, 
know, I've been able to really reposition a lot of my conversations like that as well and learn the word no. I don't always use it, but a lot of times, right, you really pulling that out and saying, no, you know, I just don't, that's not a priority for me at this time. Thank you. Maybe I'll call you next quarter and see if that's something in, in my wheelhouse then, but for now, no. And it's like, wow, there's a lot of power and just preservation that comes from that, right? Um, so it's it's a really cool thing. But these are all, oh my gosh, you guys, this has been so much fun. <laughs> Can I just say one more thing? Yes, I, I, I've learned I knew a, you would. <laughs> this is the last, 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 last thing I'm going to say. I Before promise. Before the very last But this thing. is a compliment to Amy and I, because I'm married and I know, I know where the, I know how to, I know where the honey is made. So, uh, but this is a hundred percent true and a super, super, super important lesson I've learned. Things will go sideways a lot and things can go bad a lot and you will have bad experiences. But one thing I've learned from Amy is she always keeps it classy. No matter what happens, Amy never burns a bridge. And I'm not really like that. I am a little bit more like, oh, oh. And I want to burn the bridge. I I got the, I got the torch. And Amy's like, no, we're never going to burn this bridge. And, and she never does. And it is amazing. If you're in something for the long haul, Mm -hmm. one thing we've realized is whatever industry you're in, whatever nonprofit you're in, it's a very, it's usually a very small community. Even the entertainment industry is a very small community. World word travels fast Mm -hmm. and you never know who knows somebody else who knows somebody else. And burning that bridge might feel really, really good in the moment, um, but it can destroy your business, even though you might be right. And Mm -hmm. so if and when things go bad, keep it classy and just know that you're walking away and don't say those things you want to say. Don't ever email that stuff. It's forever. Don't put it on social media. (laughs) Yeah, just keep it classy because you just, I can't tell you how many times someone who, uh, we just wanted to say so badly something. And then three, five years later, we're working with someone who knows them and thinks they're great. Yeah. And if we had burned that bridge, we wouldn't have gotten this other project. And so it's just never worth it. That's such a good, that's such a good tip. Yeah. So thank you for that. Cause I think, like you said, it's not, it's not, a, it's, it's when usually things go sideways. Yeah, at some point. Yeah. So um, whether you're a nonprofit or entrepreneur, like, you know, we're people, right. We're complex and there's different emotions and stuff and things happen. So, yeah. So I, I love that uh, tip, but okay. So I am going to give you guys one last thing though, is anything else you guys want to add? I know people can definitely check you out at uh, trueheart.com, but what else, is there anything else you guys wanted to add today um, that we haven't touched on yet um, before we close out? I would just say if you want to keep up with our social impact campaigns, you can find us at We Are True Heart, exactly as those four words are spelled on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And, you know, we love positive feedback. So if you've participated in our campaigns and you loved it, or you have an exciting story to share of how you're making a difference in our community, please, um, you know, write to us on, on social media. We love seeing the amazing work that people are doing. And, you know, we just always want to hopefully inspire people to do these small random acts of kindness, because we really do believe they create a ripple effect of goodness in the world. So Mm -hmm. I think the biggest thing would be, you know, after the last almost two years we had with the pandemic, just check on people. It literally makes all the difference, you know, take five minutes out of your day, call people that you care about and 
when you ask them, how are you like actually listen Mm -hmm. to what they have to say and be there and offer love and support because, you know, we're, we're all hearing these awful stories of people dealing with mental health crises and people who just feel like it's too much for them and they don't want to be here anymore. And there's nothing more tragic when someone makes that decision because there, there's another way, right? And it always gets better. So when you know that you have people around you and they're giving you love and support, you oftentimes don't realize that one thing that you say or you do for somebody can change the trajectory of their life and make all the difference. And what a beautiful gift it is just to show up. It's free. So Mm -hmm. just show up with kindness and love. It costs you nothing, but it will make the biggest difference in somebody else's life. I love that. Yes. So one good thing. Scott, you want to add anything? (laughs) Don't look at me. I can't follow that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Your one good thing could be listen to my wife. (laughs) Yeah. Happy wife, happy life. That's all I can tell you. (laughs) <laughs> Love it. Well, it was so great having you guys on the Grant Writing and Funding podcast today. Um, so definitely we'll like love to have you back on in like a little while to see how things are all shaping up. Um, and I'm sure we're going to get a lot of um, inquiries about this podcast today. It's been so much fun. It's been such a pleasure. Thank oh, you. It's our pleasure. Thank pleasure you for us. having us, Holly. What a great chat. Yay. All right. We'll see you soon. Bye. Thank you so much for listening and joining in with me and Amy and Scott Mellon today on the Grant Writing and Funding Podcast show. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Once again, for all of today's show notes, go ahead and jump over to grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 186. And if you love this podcast, please do leave a review on your podcast listener and send me a screenshot. Go ahead, send me a screenshot of your testimonial and you may be entered to win a free book. You heard that right. All right, guys, so go ahead and um, send me an email at holly at grantwritingandfunding.com if you leave a review on the podcast, and you will be entered to win a book. And always, I love you guys. Keep being changemakers of the world and doing the good that you do.